Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the latest episode of the Comeback Wrestling Show right here on Caveman Radio Network. <coughs> I'm your host, John. We're with you till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to join the show, you certainly can. 646-668-2372. That's 646-668-2372. As always, I am joined by the cast of characters on this show. Cruz, Jeremy, how you guys doing? I'm fine, John. I'm doing great. I think uh, Jeremy's having some problems calling in. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. okay. Good. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, what happened was we had everything set to go, and then I looked at the stream, and it only had us now for 15 minutes. So like I'm I just two weeks in a row, you might be called into HR now. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, But yeah. This is kind of a uh, slow week for us before we head into, you know, next week's show. But before we I don't get think you know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into that, I want to just mention where people can find us now. Because I didn't mention this last week. Because now we have an Instagram page and we also have a Facebook page now. So if you want to look us up, you certainly can. It's at Comeback Wrestling Show. On both, and we'll have fun stuff coming there in the next couple of days. But, Cruz, I figured this week, let's not open up with WWE or AEW. Let's open up with New Japan and what they're doing to G1 Climax. They're, they're so, absolutely trolling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> or so it seems. <laughs> yeah, I was able to this past weekend catch a bit of it. Like I said, when I spoke to you guys earlier in the week, I was stayed at a hotel this past weekend that got Access TV. And Access TV, apparently, the last couple of weeks, has been airing, like, specials of the G1. And, holy crap, the match that Kenta had with Okada was something... was phenomenal. But... That was definitely... Yeah, that was... But with what we're seeing, though, I mean, we'll go over, you know, where everybody stands, because correct me if I'm wrong, didn't a lot of people get, quote-unquote, eliminated today? Do you want to put it in those terms? Uh, yeah, yeah. They can't win their block. Numerically, they cannot. So, you know, it's bound to happen. There can only be one winner in each block, so. Well, I mean, I guess I'll, the first thing I'll bring up is, are you surprised how well they're booking Okada? Now, being that he is the IWGP heavyweight champion, it's of my opinion that he is amongst the top three wrestlers in the world. So that they're booking him super Okada, like Super Cena, Super Hogan, uh, I don't know, Super Kurt Angle of TNA. That's who Okada is. That's who he should have been the whole time, and. In my humble opinion, they're going back to that formula that made them popular when they had a very strong Okada and supplemental acts, the Bullet Club, uh, LIJ, Suzuki, and them. So, not surprised by it at all. And his matches, his match quality, what he produces every so many days. I mean, and not just the 
the G1 matches, his tag team matches are damn good too. So. Oh yeah, that's that's what I've been noticing. Let me bring up how everybody's doing as of now. <clears throat> like we mentioned, Block A right now, Okada's in the lead with 12 points. He no. Kenta's right behind him with eight points. He's four and two. Kodobushi has eight points. He's four and two. Evil has six points. Tanahashi has six points. Now, obviously, when you get to guys like Archer, Will Ospreay, Sonata, and Zack Sabre, they can't win this, right, at this point? They cannot win. And Bad Luck Fale at the bottom of there. Yeah. He cannot win. (laughs) Yeah, he's not doing too well in this, to say the least. Um, On the other side, uh, John Moxley's in first. He has 10 points. He's 5-0. Jush Robinson has six points. He's three and two. Ishii has six points. He's three and two. Yano has four points. He's two and three. Uh, Naito has four points. Goto has four points. So now in, in block B, then, where would the cutoff be then as far as not being able to win this? And would it be Yano? Would it be Ishii? They're all still in contention. Okay. Because so there are still eight points out there. So numerically, everybody's still in contention. Now, here in about, what, nine hours or so, <laughs> eight hours or so, no, uh, yeah, nine or ten hours or so, they're all going to have their matches. Uh, some people are going to be added some two points. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, John Moxley versus Toto Yano. I know that Yano is kind of like a very comical sort of wrestler, He's definitely the R-Truth of that uh, promotion, but he's had two very lucky and very good wins over people that we expected him to have, you know, no wins at this point. Don't be surprised if he beats John Moxley. Oh. <laughs> this is everyone off. Well, let me ask you this yeah. now. Do you think with Moxley's contract with AEW, do you think that's almost going to – like, I guess, I guess the question I, I, I have for you is, who do you think could end up, now that we're, you know, a couple of days away from the finals, who do you see making it to the finals from Block B? Wow, this is just, hmm. I, I from Block B, I still, I'm, I'm going to go way out there. I'm still going to say that somehow or another, either Naito or Jay White make it out of it winning this one. Not only do I see Moxley losing once, possibly losing twice, if not three times, but to make it competitive. Any, well, let me ask you this, though. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that he is part of AEW? Absolutely. It it does. It really 100%. does. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because that's been the it, it's really people have fun. With. Yeah, but you know, it's really fun to see this right now. Uh, possibly, I, I think the biggest storyline with him coming out of this will be who beats him for that for, in, in within the next three matches that he's going to have, three, four matches that he's going to have. Um, him and Juice Robinson will eventually, you know, have another match for this, that title down the line. But beyond that, I think his future is strictly with AEW. Uh, and just showing up in Japan for, you know, the onesies and twosies. At the most. At the most, well, yeah. 
Yeah. <coughs> I mean, it's no secret. Think. It's no secret that uh, New Japan hates AEW. I mean, not to get yeah. political, but they wouldn't let the elite have a, a farewell. They don't want to have yeah. a working relationship with them. It's only what three wrestlers, I believe, that have the right to go over there, and one definitely yeah. isn't going to go. So, yeah. Moxley's—I don't want to call him a Cinderella story because he's a badass. There's no way he gets to the finals and wins the thing. Something will happen. Well, that's one person had a theory. They think it's going to be Jay White, who somehow makes the miraculous comeback, and all of a sudden, because crap, it was actually somebody who called in the busted open a couple of days ago, and said she figures it's going to come down to Moxley and White having a tie, which basically would mean that Moxley would win one more match and Jay White would basically have to win out for that to happen. If you go based off the uh, points where they both stand right now. Jay White and Moxley. So they have a match uh, somewhere between now and August 9th. They haven't met up yet. So <laughs> theoretically, they could tie up, and if if somehow or another White wins, and they have uh, both end up with like say 14 points, the advantage goes to Jay White, whoever has the tiebreaker win. So gotta keep that in mind. Absolutely. It's still, it's yeah, it's still an open entire block. Is somebody's phone ringing? Okay, but I'm very, there's a few things I I have to take away from this. I'm very surprised how, not saying I'm surprised that somebody like Moxie is getting booked the way he is, but I really figure that by the time the TV starts October 2nd, I don't know also if Moxie is going to be the IWGP champ, the, uh, the U.S. champion anymore. It could be possible. I I think the reason they did this realistically is for the fact that for the fact that there was nothing going on right now with AEW as far as you know. TV stuff going on. (coughs) Yes, he will be at All Out in you know the end of August and you know all that. But to me, he he he's really not. He try to figure out how to phrase this. There's really nothing going on right now. So, to me, the way he's getting booked, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I know there was rumbling that I know we had brought up a couple weeks ago of them wanting to do Okada versus Moxley for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion at Wrestle Kingdom. But thinking about it now, I don't see it happening being that he has the contract with AEW. And, Jeremy, like you said, New Japan doesn't really, isn't really too fond these days. Of AEW. Right, but we don't know what his contract is with New Japan. They're making a fortune off him right now in merchandise because they have special shirts that they're getting a cut off of. So maybe yeah. we'll see down the line after October. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, well, that's where it's going to be. And you know, from what you know I what? heard, AEW uh, wants all the talents done with any outside contracts by October. The only one I think they were going to work around was MJF. 
if he has MLW responsibilities. Yeah, cause, yeah, that won't surprise me. So New Japan you know, has a, a couple of events here in August. The Super Junior Cup, you know, it's three big days there in the middle. Well, you know, 22nd to the 25th. Uh, they're not just going to run that tournament. They're going to have other matches, so he could potentially have a title defense that he loses the belt. Okay, says thank you to New Japan and you know reports into AEW. Uh, but so there's, in my humble opinion, no long-term planning. This was very short-term until the end of the summer, and to give him a big, humongous boost. I mean, thank you to New Japan because. I'm sorry, that wasn't going to happen with the Indies alone. Or, you know, and AEW just didn't, doesn't have all that, except for one event here at the end of August, right? So New Japan has helped him out as much as he has helped New Japan out. So I think it's a win-win situation. Yeah, and vice versa. I mean, he didn't get to work fight for the Fallen because of New Japan. So it's gone both ways, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Looks like we have a guest right now. Jeremy, I think it's uh, Ricky, if I'm not mistaken. Ricky Martinez, a good friend of mine from Miami, Florida, has killed it on the indie scene there for years. Now is traveling the country wrestling indies and is an active MLW wrestler, so it's an honor to have him on the show. Ricky, it's John Cruz and Jeremy. How you doing this evening? Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing very well, doing very well. Let me let's start off with this. How long have you been how long have you been in wrestling for? How long have you been a wrestler for? Uh twelve years. Twelve years. And you you started off with the same guy who helped train uh Gangrel, right? Yeah, um actually no. I uh, I started off with uh Soul Man Addicts G. Addicts G was the guy who trained M V P a little okay. bit of background on the Soul Man. He was trained by Dean Malenko and and, and the brothers. And then I went ahead and uh, and continued my training on moving forward with Rusty Brooks. Okay, and Rusty Brooks was the guy who was with Gangrel. He trained uh, Gangrel, right. correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, what got you, I, let me, I guess we'll go with this then, what got you into wrestling? I mean, was wrestling what you wanted to always get into? Or did you kind of just play? I, uh... Yeah, wrestling has always been a part of my life. Um, when I was a kid, I I, uh, I stumbled across a WCW Monday Night Show, and uh, I immediately became a huge fan. I had no idea what WWF was back in the day. Nothing. It was just WCW. I had no idea when the indies were. I was just your main uh, 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 fan of just wrestling on Monday nights. Uh, my grandfather used to hate it because, he was a big boxing fan, so he would get mad at me every time I put it on TV. But I I got stuck watching it every Monday because I couldn't get off of it. And then um, one day, flipping the channels, I ran into WWF, and I was like, what is this? And then I couldn't I couldn't stop flipping channels left and right. And then I, st- I um, started bothering my mother to buy me shirts, to buy me toys. to buy. I just became an instant fan. And um, I remember when I was a kid, I would wear my uniform to go to school. But under my uniform, I used to always wear a shirt of wrestling. So right up, I would get in trouble a lot for taking off my shirt during lunch. And I would I would always have a Goldberg shirt or The Rock or Stone Cold. And um, and I would just wait till 3 o'clock to get out of school to take off my uniform and wear my wrestling shirt. So just wrestling was always a passion of mine. Okay. 
And who, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? That's tough, but off my bat, off the top of my head, I, uh, I was always, you know, I was, I was a kid, so uh, I was always, uh, I was a big fan of Goldberg. Goldberg, for some reason, to me, was something that was like a movie that he was surreal. He wasn't, you know, he was, he was a superstar. He was a, he was a, he was like a, a superhero. I, 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 I just couldn't believe that he would beat everyone in two seconds. And um, so Goldberg was like my first big. Uh, Big big superstar that I used to follow. Then I, I started watching Ray Mysterio, and then I'm not very tall myself. I'm only five four five five on a good day. So <laughs> I started I started becoming a big uh, Ray Mysterio fan because I idolized him. I, I said, Hey, listen, if this if this little guy can do the things that he can do, I can do it too. So interesting. <clears throat> I figured you know, being that you're from the Miami area, I figured you would have you would have also had some love for The Rock. Being, you know, he's from the same area, but. But right, that was the Rock. Yeah, the Rock. I mean, everybody likes the Rock. You can't, um, you cannot like the Rock. His work is is phenomenal, and he's such a humble guy. I've had the pleasure of e- even meeting his dad too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Rock fan even now. He's one of the best. But I, I I've always been that guy that always wanted to be different. I didn't want to always like the same guy that everybody always liked. So even when time passed and I got more educated in wrestling, I became big fans of Chris Benoit. I became big fans of Dean Malenko. I became more uh, in, in, in touch with the actual wrestling itself. You know what I mean? Like Eddie Guerrero yeah. and, and Chris Jericho. So I, I, when I was a kid, we all fell in love with, with, with the media uh, sticks in your head, the, the characters and whatnot. But then as you know, as time progressed, I started falling in love with the actual um, art of it, and I switched over to who was my favorite wrestler at the time. So then, it's safe to assume that you became a fan of the Cruiserweights then, because a lot of the guys you mentioned were part of the Cruiserweight division back in WCW. Right, and that, yeah, exactly. Nowadays, they would have been heavyweights, you know? And, oh, okay. And of course, Chris, ben, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero became uh, heavyweight champions as time progressed, but yeah, they were actually the, the main guys in the cruiserweight division back in the days, correct? So I guess then, I know you have done work for you know WWE, which we'll get to you know in a bit. But what attracted you to to a company like MLW? Um, it was all connected in a weird way. Um, like, I, like I said, I've been wrestling for twelve years, but I didn't really start doing really cool things or take it up to the next level until the last two years when uh well back back in 2010 i received a wwe trial but it was more because at that time me and my partner michael mannix we were called the the network so i got a call from uh from wwe and it was paul laurinaitis to be exact and he called me because he got in touch with uh with uh alpha the wild samoan and he was like hey i got I got this kid that you ha- that you work with at WXW, and him and his partner are called the Network. I want to get in touch with him because they wanted to buy the the name the Network, which is now the WWE Network. At the time, they wanted the name for the original group called the Nexus. They wanted to call them the Network. It didn't work out, and they actually ended up with the WWE Network. Um, so they called me and they gave me uh, they offered me uh, two thousand five hundred each, me and my partner, to give over the name. And I was like, hey, listen, man, I'll take the money. I don't care. It's just a damn name. But I want more than that. I mean, I want to, uh, what can I do to, to get to get a look? 
you know. And then uh, Parlay Nitis, I remember he told me word by word. He was like, you know how hard it is to make it into the WWE? And I go, yeah, but it's harder if you don't even take a look at me. And he said he uh, he respected the way I spoke. And he's like, you know what, Come um, next week we're going to have Monday tapings at, in Tampa and then Tuesday in, uh, in Miami. Come in with your partner and then I'll pay you guys 500 each for the day. For each day, so me and my partner ended up with 2,500 just that week. It was pretty amazing. Um, and then obviously, you know, I got my NXT tryouts, uh, I got my NXT TV tapings, which everybody's seen. I did my 205. After that, um, I heard of MOW and I've always wanted to get into it, but I wasn't in touch with anyone in it. MVP uh, at the time was working with Court Bauer and MOW, and he gave a word because MVP is a Miami guy, so he gave a good word in for me. Uh, I had uh, also Johnny Vandal put in a good word. My manager now, Selena, put in a good word. So they brought me in for a tryout. I came in, and I uh, I lost to Loki uh, in less than three minutes. And when I walked to the locker room, they uh, they loved the way I put them over. They loved my look. And they're like, you know what? Um, do you want a contract? And I was like, do I want a contract? Of course. And ever since then, um, I can't I can't ask for a better company to work for. Court Bauer, Alex Greenfield, those guys, what they have in their brain, what they, the way they see wrestling is something I've never seen before. The way that locker room gets along, uh, Teddy Hart, uh, Selena, Loki, Conan, uh, Davey Boy Smith, we, uh, Penta, Phoenix, we have um, L.A. Park, Hijo of L.A. Park, Mets Warner. We have one of the best locker rooms in the independent scene and the professional wrestling period. MLW is something that's going to come up. Every show, we just get better and better, and you don't even know what what to expect. Well, I guess my, I guess kind of my follow up to that one is if you have somebody who's never seen MLW, uh, I guess briefly talk about what, what would what would attract somebody to MLW over, say, a WWE or an Impact Wrestling. MOW is what I call WWF attitude era. There's some cursing involved. There's middle fingers. There's attitude. There's storylines. There's that, that grungy wrestling feeling that you don't get on TV. You you don't get that PG from us. Uh, you get that you get to see us on Being Sports on Saturday nights, but then you get the free show on YouTube three days later. So you 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 get the attitude that you're missing from wrestling at, at the moment. And uh, you, you, you can, we get blood, we, 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 it's just violence, sex, gore. Um, Selena, my manager, she's sexy, so there's always something of her there. So, yeah, I would, if I would compare it to wrestling, I would call it the attitude of it. Well, you keep bringing up <clears throat> Selena. You guys broke into the business together, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Well, I know um, Selena's pretty young. Selena's only 22, oh. 23 now, I believe. Um, I've been around for 12 years, but um, I remember when Selena started training over uh, at the I Believe School with Chase and Rand, um, and I, I immediately fell in love with who she was. Um, it's hard in the business for beautiful women to get along with guys and, and, and keep it professional, but the moment that I met Selena, it was like a sister to me. She um, she immediately knew how to uh, how to make money in this business, how to keep herself professional, and uh, use wrestling to, to make herself successful. She started off as a wrestler herself, and as soon as she got a knee injury and then started valeting and became a manager, and um, I, I couldn't, I can't think of any way possible that that could have 
impacted her in so many positive ways. I tell her to this day that she never has to ever lace up another boot again. She is such an amazing manager. She's making more money now than she ever did when she was working. So uh, I, I look up to her just like she looks up to me in the work and ethic that we have. She's a, she's a great human being, and I, 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 I never, ever, ever have a regret of, change, of, of sharing the ring with her. She's amazing. I mean, from what I've seen, you know, from watching MLW, she comes off, I mean, I know she plays like a heel sort of, sort of on TV, but to me, she, she, from what I've seen her on TV, she comes off as a credible heel. I mean, would you agree, disagree? What are your thoughts on that? I think, I think Selena is the best women manager there is in professional wrestling today. She didn't have a contract with MLW right now. I believe she would have got a signed there. I think Selena is in the works of being very successful in this business. She's making a name for herself. Yeah, she is a heel. She's amazing at it. There's nobody that has the beauty that she has, the way she talks, the way she walks, her attitude. She is the definition of the correct way of a female wrestler to be a manager. I did. I did. I was watching one of the clips with you and Selena a couple of days ago when it was the one with the snow, and you asked her, right. "What is this? I've never seen this before." I, I really, I right. chuckled a lot with that. That was was that was that scripted at all? That bit, or did that just come off organic? It's. It's. I love that you're asking me that question because that is a question. That, when we recorded that video, every show that we did for months. Every locker room that we walked in together, everyone was cracking up and would ask the same thing. Let me tell you something. That promo was taken in one shot. Alex Greenfield took Selena and me outside to cut a promo. He wasn't even sure what he wanted, but he just wanted to record something with me and her. And Selena was like, you know what? Just press record. That promo was exactly what me and Selena are in real life. We're always joking around. We're always messing with each other. We're always screwing with each other, and they allowed us to be ourselves. And that promo itself, if you look at the views on YouTube, it was skyrocketing. And it was – it literally was nothing – nothing was scripted in that promo. Not one thing was scripted in that promo. It was literally just press record, record, and let's just go with it. The briefcase fell right on time. It was just – it was a beautiful moment. As soon as the, 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 the camera stopped recording, we just fell on the floor cracking up of how good and natural it felt. And that's why I believe I mean, a lot of pro wrestling, if you allow somebody to be themselves, they can actually become a superstar. Well, what was funny was when I saw it, and I, and I heard you lie about, oh, what is this? And she looked at you, she's like, it's snow. I just, I lost it. But just the way, the timing of it, <laughs> like you were saying. But I guess this goes back to the chemistry that you two have. It's, it's something, I mean, it's not only on camera are we best friends. We in real life are best friends. We talk every day. Um, I know her family. She knows my family. She when she comes to Miami, she stays at my house. I she is legit my sister. She is literally family to me. And um, nobody can be like with nobody can be with her how I am with her. We just click. We laugh. We have the the, the same sense of humor. It's just it's something that I can never replace. She's 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 special to me. I feel like especially nowadays, <clears throat> you don't really see that a lot in wrestling. You don't see people being so organic that they can just, that also, you know, somebody turn around and just say, okay, hit record, and that they cut a promo that is fantastic. You don't really see that a lot of days now. 
It because now that I'm working TV, I understand how hard it could be. For instance, like two weeks ago, I worked a show for Gangrel over in the Dana Beach Casino, and uh, one of my really good friends, um, the Samoan Werewolf, which is now the actual MOW champion. Uh, yeah. He is. He is. Oh, I love that guy. Me and him fell in love at first sight. He's one of my best friends now. He um he never really saw me work a match longer than four minutes because you know TV time we got to keep it short. We got to get straight to the point, and you don't get to do a lot of things. And I know that's like a grief that a lot of guys have in WWE, AEW, or whatever uh, at whatever show it's televised and we're running on time. So you know, Gangrel put me opening match and he gave me 15 minutes to do whatever I wanted. And I tore the house down with one of his rookie students. It was an ama- it was an amazing match. And he came out and he was like, I didn't know you could work, man. And I was like, well, when you're not on TV and you're allowed to be you, you can do whatever you want. You get creative and you let yourself out. You, get, you let yourself out of the bag. You know what I mean? And that's the problem that I see uh, with a lot of things. It's, it's like TV. You want to be your own character. You want to let out your talent, but sometimes you got to do what you're, you're, you're told to do. You know what I mean? John Cena, everybody everybody always said, oh, he sucks, he's not that great of a wrestler, but believe it or not, John Cena is one of the best, but they always told him not to do so much. And then one day they told him, you know what? Do a lot. They put him against guys like Kevin Owens. They put him against guys like AJ Styles, and he amazed everyone. You know what I mean? If, you, if, if wrestling people are given a shot... They can they can do miracles. Yeah. Frankie, I was at that match two weeks ago. It was fantastic, and I've seen many uh, of your matches in the Miami area here, as you know. One of my personal favorites was your match with Leo Rush in the Fort Lauderdale Armory. Right. I'm sure it's up there for you that match, but what are the top one or two matches that you've ever had, in your opinion? <sighs> uh, off the top of my head, one of my favorite matches I've ever had, and this is. This was years ago. I can't give you the exact date. I would believe maybe 2015, 2016. I'm not sure. But it was back in um, in UnoPro when I was work. I, w- I actually was one of the owners of UnoPro along with Michael Mannix. And I wrestled uh, Jay Lethal. And me and Jay Lethal went maybe 20, 25 minutes. And that's one of the matches that broke me into the NBC and made me who I am today because... Jay Lethal looked at me in my eyes and said, there's something about you, kid. I'm, let's, let's, let's make some magic tonight. And he went with me toe-to-toe, ham-and-ham, and he pushed me to my limit. And I didn't I, – I, I always cut myself short, and I caught myself realizing that, man, I'm not that bad at this, you know. Just push yourself a little harder. Um, Another match that comes to a head event – I just had so many matches I can't – I can't even remember, but uh, one of my favorite matches was with Teddy Hart. It was probably like a month ago. I had it in USA Pro. Uh, Teddy Hart is one of my good friends, too, and, and he pushed me to the limit as well. So I've, I've, I've wrestled some pretty good big names that I never thought I would work with that I used to look up to when I was a kid, you know. I've wrestled Loki. I've wrestled Brian Cage. I've wrestled uh, Jelito, like I mentioned. I've wrestled Gangrel himself. So I've I've had... I've had my share of experiences that I'll never, uh, I'll never uh, forget. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing I've always noticed uh, with you is not only do you show the fans so much respect and love, but you have so much respect amongst the workers. Is that a tradition that's 
dying down a little, or do you think it's still strong as ever, or, you know, respect among the boys, especially with the veterans? I think this is a this is a good topic. That's a really good question. Um, I think wrestling is evolving. I think there is not a lot of uh, issues going on in the locker rooms anymore because nowadays everybody's having fun. There's no more of the, oh, he didn't shake my hand, he's an asshole. There's none of that anymore. Like now, all the grumpy old veterans are kind of either getting out of the business or kind of stepping away, or if they are still around, they're kind of fitting in with the changes and fitting in with the new age, which is us. But us, us new guys, us young guys, well, I'm not that young anymore. I'm 30, but like there's a lot of new guys in the business, but our our attitude is different. We just love professional wrestling. So the moment that we go into any locker room, we'll already know somebody that we've worked with in another company. And we just, we're just happy to see each other. We're happy to watch each other's matches. Uh, you know, when I go to Orlando, I hang out with Jesse Neal, West Briscoe, and we just like, we do our match and then we just hurry up to go to the locker room and talk crap for the rest of the time. Or we watch each other's matches. I've had West Briscoe record my match. I record his, like the love for professional wrestling, the art of it. This is the best time to be in professional wrestling. Anybody can yeah. make it. Everybody gets along. Everybody just loves the business. And and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't I don't think I've ever been in a locker room where there's like a fight or somebody being grumpy. It's just a totally different era. Even MJF? I oh man. <laughs> MJF is one of the coolest dudes in the world. <laughs> MJF is so it's about it's just a matter of time before he gets signed. It's just a matter of time before he takes over. MGF is like the new age Randy Orton and Chris Jericho kind of put together. I, he's such a good, he's such a good guy on the microphone, and he's so talented. But he doesn't need to wrestle. He needs to, doesn't need to do an inch of anything because he's so good at keeping kayfabe. He he's not an asshole at all in the locker room. He's the coolest guy. But the reason why you guys don't see it, the reason why people don't see it is because when he leaves the locker room, he stays in character all the way till he gets home. And that's what makes MJF MJF. And I respect him for that because he keeps it old school, and that's the reason why he's so successful at his age. Yeah, because we, we praise him every week on the show, in all seriousness, that we love his old school mentality, like you have as well, Ricky. Yeah, uh, but MJF, MJF is a new breed, and this, that kid is too special, too, too special. No, um, what I was just going to go with <clears throat> is I, you, you mentioned before how you worked with guys like Teddy Hart. What is it like working with somebody like, uh, you know, somebody from the Hart family? I, I met Teddy Hart when I first started working with MLW. The first day I walked into MLW, he talked to me. We started talking about, you know, working out, bodybuilding, uh, cats because he loves cats and my mom is a cat lady so we started talking about cats uh, I remember um, at one of the MOW shows my mom had called me that one of her cats had died and Teddy Hart picked up the phone and started talking to my mom <laughs> She he started like literally oh my god I love cats I'm so sorry like Teddy Hart is a heart he really is one of the coolest guys in the world I know people talk shit about Teddy Hart all the time and say how weird he is yeah the guy is freaking weird the guy is, uh, he's crazy, but you know what? That's why I love him, because he's different, and he doesn't care about saying whatever's in his heart. Uh, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Any show that you go to, people love Teddy Hart. People ha- give him a standing ovation every time Teddy Hart leaves that ring. Teddy Hart is is is, is amazing. 
Uh, being in the locker room with Teddy Hart and uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. is a privilege, but just the fact that I could be able to sit down with them in the locker room and talk with them and, and talk about not even about professional wrestling, just talk about life or where are we going to go eat or where are we going to go drink. They're, they're just, like I said, professional wrestlers, you got to remember we're all humans too. We're all humans and, and uh, we're actors. You know, we're actors. We, we go out there and we put on a great freaking show for our, uh, for our fans. But we're humans too. We feel, we, we, we breathe, we, you know, we're not, we're, we're above life because we're, st- we're standing in a ring that is when, like a good, a good way that, uh, to put wrestling. The reason why the ring is not flat in the ground and you're not looking straight at us is because we're on a stage. We're in a four by four, maybe what, five, six feet up high for you guys to look up to us. Or you, you never look straight at us. You're looking up at us. So you're worshiping the art that's going in front of us, and that's just, that's the way I see professional wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And I actually met Teddy Hart at um, Starcast this past um, May when they were in Vegas, and he was incredibly nice. Basically, like you were saying, <coughs> I, who would you say? I know MLW is still not relatively new, but they've not been around that long. Who would you say right now, in your opinion, are the leaders of the locker room? Well, MLW has been around for years. They just reopened and, re- and revamped the company. But MLW was been, uh, was around when Steve Carino was around, when CM Punk was around. Uh, like, awesome. Like, But now the leaders are – I'm going to be honest. I mean, I think everybody has a huge part in MLW because I've helped record promos with the camera. I've been behind the camera – making sure the promo came out right. Like, But one of the main um, leaders of the locker room is Loki himself. Loki has a mind. There is nobody like Loki. Loki is somebody that made professional wrestling look like mixed martial arts. Uh, Loki has a mind for the wrestling, and that's the reason why everywhere you go and you see Loki, you know someone's going to die. <laughs> you know, he... he <laughs> He he is he is he he was my partner and then uh you know we, we broke up we don't talk anymore and uh you know uh we had our issues with Selena but Loki took me under his wing and said I'm gonna teach you my ways and I want you to be like me I want your character to be like mine how I was not exactly like me because nobody's like me well, I'm not even doing the voice correctly listen kid I'm gonna take you under your wing <laughs> but Loki <laughs> Loki Loki is. Loki, and he doesn't talk like that all the time, by the way. But Loki is Loki's brain. The way he he pictures wrestling is he watching it on TV in his mind. He knows where to be in the ring for the camera to get the perfect angle. He knows how to break it down like a novella. He knows when to do it and when not to do it, and what the crowd wants and what not wants. So Loki, every time we're in MLW, he is the one that always speaks up. He always gets in everybody's match, and he goes, listen, I think you should do this, you should do that. And he doesn't do it because he thinks he's better than anyone. It's because he loves professional wrestling so much that he feels like he wants the best for it, and he gets involved in everything that he can. I remember I remember first time I had heard a low-key interview, and I heard him talk, and I'm like, that can't be coming from the same guy who was in the ring. Because you look at him, and you hear his voice. doesn't sound like the same person to me. Yeah, um, yeah, he 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 um, exaggerates the deep voice a little bit more when he's uh, on camera. But uh, 
But yeah, he he does have a deep voice, anyways. Oh. Ricky, who in MLW have you not worked with yet that you would love to have a chance to get in the ring with? MJF. Um, MJF is somebody I want to work with. I uh, let me see at the top of my head. Uh, I haven't worked Tom Lawler. Um, those are two that I I look forward to working with. I have uh, L.A. Park is is in my stable. He's one of my partners, but I'm looking forward to working with L.A. Park as well. Um, Davy Boy Smith. I would love to work Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman is one of my really really good friends. So those just those are some to name a few that I'm I'm looking forward to working. Ricky, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. Where can people keep up with you on social media, YouTube, or anything? When you go on YouTube, I mean, if you're going to search Ricky Martinez, there is uh, another wrestler that was named Ricky Martinez, but you keep searching, I come out now. Um, you can also search me on the Max Startup, which was my old gimmick name. Um, Instagram uh, is, uh, they call me the Pitbull Sicario, so it's the Pit Sick, uh, S-I-K underscore Rick. And if you go on Facebook, just search for Ricky Martinez and you'll find me. You're the man. Thank you so much again. No man, thank you guys for uh for having me and uh it's it's pretty cool what you guys do in keeping indie indie wrestling alive and not only for the fans but for us and keep us busy even on a on a Wednesday night, you know? So I respect what you guys do, man, and keep up the great work. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks, hope you come back. Absolutely, man, anytime. Thanks, Ricky. Wow, I just got to say, first of all, Jeremy, great job. Thank you, thank you. But I like what he said, though, at the end, which we've never gotten from any anybody, was the praise that he gave to us. <laughs> True. When I told you how cool and humble and old school he was, now you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I've never been told by somebody... Keep up what you're doing. Not even. It's not like it's not like we spoke to somebody who's you know been out of the industry for five years. We talked to somebody who's who's still in the industry, who basically turned around to us and said, "Keep up what you guys are doing. You guys are keeping us busy." I'm like, "Wow, that was a first for me." But yeah, you seem he was very down to earth. A lot of interesting things he said. A lot of interesting things. But Cruz, since you, what was your reaction? To, to him. It's just a refreshing attitude. It's just you know that that humility and that gratitude. To me, it's just awesome to hear this man. And then also, for, I just sat back and listened to the whole time because I, I am a very unfamiliar with his work. So I was researching him on online as we were talking. Why I let you two take the lead. Um, Definitely get on his Twitter. He's got a lot of cool things going on there. He's very connected. I didn't know, you know, he was using that pictures with the uh, LAX Conan and uh, the original LAX and them. Uh, so that was very cool. And from just looking at very quickly his YouTube matches, I gotta say, man, I, I'm definitely I'm gonna do my homework on him and definitely. Keep my eye on him in MLW. He, he seems to me one of the up-and-coming guys of MLW. He really, he does. He really seems like to be 
that one of the guys that people should look out for in the next couple of years to be in contention, especially the fact he is pairing up with Selena right now, and they have that, you know, that stable going. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody who challenges for the MLW world title down the road. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that because I've watched him from, like, almost day one in the Indies in Miami. But I just yeah, know he, how hard a worker he is. Yeah, he's somebody to me who I'm almost I'm almost glad he didn't sign with any major company. I'm not saying MLW is not a major company, but in the spectrum of, like, Impact or WWE, I'm, I'm glad he hasn't signed with them yet because I feel that he's somebody who likes to have creative control over his character, over his, the person he, you know, he plays on TV, even if he doesn't, I don't even, I mean, Jeremy, you, you would know better than anybody. Cause sure. You know, you've, you've, you've spoke to him and stuff. Is, is that him just regular when he's on TV, or? Well, when he's on TV, I mean, he plays the heel with Selena. Are you mm-hmm. asking as far as, like, when I just see him before and after yeah. a show? He yeah. is everything you heard right there, the nicest, most humble, down-to-earth guy. Even when he would come back to local indie shows after he'd been working MLW and really building his name, he was still the same exact guy. When I asked him to come on tonight, he said, absolutely, just let me know when. I'll be there. Did you guys, uh, and he didn't even did guys, say, like, let's not talk about this. He was anything, let's yeah. make the interview awesome. Those were his exact words. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the clip I was talking about? The one with him and Selena with the snow? That was great. I, yeah. I, and I said that to him. I was I was laughing when he turned around and he's like, "Well, what's that?" And she's like, "It's snow." And then they walked up a little bit more and he's like, "Well, can I eat it?" And Selena, without even batting an eyelash, she's like, "Yeah, it's not the yellow kind. I just I lost it." Well, I you know I remember on Facebook when he was leaving for that show, and he said about to head out. I think it was in Chicago, and he said, "Gonna see snow for the first time." Like, I can't wait to show you all my reaction. Well, so I, he's just on a, on a journey that he is having fun with, and I think that interview was evident of that. Well, that's why I asked him. I said, was that scripted or was that just all organic? And he, as he said, he, that it all came off organic, that it was, you know, just came off great, which, and as, as I said to him, I said, you don't really see that a lot now in wrestling. You don't see stuff coming off organically that, you know, comes off well. If something comes off organic, usually people don't like it right away. But definitely, Jeremy, great job bringing him on. We're definitely going to have him on again down the road. My pleasure. But I guess now let's go over now to the other company, you know, not talking WWE yet because that won't be until later on in the show, uh, AEW. Because there has been some news regarding AEW. Nothing, you know, (laughs) outrageous. But just some stuff briefly. They did announce two of the matches for the October 2nd show. Cody takes on Sammy Guevara, which actually is interesting. Because Sammy Guevara, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he also, he also was the first match of Double or Nothing. No, he was the first singles match. Yeah, Double or Nothing, though. At Double or Nothing, yes. The first match was the Battle Royal. He, they must be seeing something great in him that they make him get the first singles match ever in company history at Double or Nothing, and then he gets the first match announced for TNT. 
they go to TV in October. Yeah, I thought the same thing today, actually. Well, yeah, then there was the other one that was just announced today that we will see a six-man tag match between the Elite, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks taking on Chris Jericho and two unknown people. I guess we can make our predictions now if we think the two unknown people are going to be. Yeah. You go first, John. I'll say it right away. LAX. That's what I think it is. Because to me... If it if it wasn't if it was a team that they would that they have on the roster like a Dark Order like Lucha Brothers then they would have just said Chris Jericho with Lucha Brothers or Chris Jericho with Dark Order but they turned around and said Chris Jericho with an un with with two unknown people well not unknown people but mystery mystery people that's why I think it's got to be LAX. I mean, well, it's funny. At I first, I thought it was just going to be two regular company guys because if you look at the character it actually looks like Daniel Zikazarian but when he tweeted today you're never going to believe who my two partners are it's got to be somebody big and who else is bigger right now than Tacky was in LAX it could be two singles guys that team up with him it didn't say a tag team well I I, I know a lot of people have been saying (coughs) possibly Jack Swagger and Hawk. People have been saying that. I've heard other people have been saying Pac and Punk. Oh wow! But it, to me, it just I've, it, it I've heard Swagger and Marty. I've heard Pac and Marty. I've heard. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have us guessing for two months and doing a very good yeah, job but, of it. Yeah, but I, I have a good hunch in me that I think it's LAX because to me. It would just make sense then, because then you can you can have the Bucks then feud with LAX on TV, let them have a good rivalry going into the end of 2019, and then you know let Omega do his thing, let Jericho do his thing. I, I think that makes sense, and I think, and I, and I don't want to speculate too far ahead, but I think it leads me to believe that Jericho is going to be the first ever AEW champion. But then, if that's the case, and I see what you're saying, but if that's the case, then why would you announce it for a six-man tag match? Wouldn't you want him to defend the title on the first show? I mean, it's the first show. It's not a pay-per-view. You no, don't no, have no, to, I understand to that. throw the whole kitchen sink in the first show. No, no, I get that, but I'm just saying, that's just, you know, to, to me, I think it's, it's going to take a lot of guessing and a lot of, you know, trying to figure out, but the other thing, also and they're going to they're going to drop some type of hint in some capacity, I think. Oh, yeah. But I agree with people, you. I think LAX is the most logical choice right now. People keep forgetting that there's being the elite that is basically their TV show right now, and they do very well at dropping you know little hints here or there. Right. Which actually leads me to this. I know they just released the latest episode for The Road to All Out. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. Was there anything major from that or no? Uh, it got me more pumped up, but I guess it doesn't take much. Um, I don't. <laughs> can I be a spoiler? Yeah, go sure. right ahead. <laughs> okay, no, basically all it was in Cliff Notes version was it was just setting up the Cody-Sean Spears match. Oh, uh, okay. They signed the contract, made the match official. Um, they're playing the story as if, you know, Sean's the heel, obviously. Cody's kind of mum about the match. 
well, if you heard when they had, was it the first episode they did it? When you had to sit down with JR? And he basically turned around, he's like, Cody basically forgot who he was since he became the VP. Or the executive VP, if you want to be technical. And they, I think that I said this last week, when they brought Polly into the picture, I thought it added a brand new layer. Right. Because then you can really, I mean, if you really want to push this and you can really dig into the whole rivalry that Tully had with Dusty and really play that off. Yeah, I mean, since I've already played spoiler, basically what they did was, it was very, I guess, old school NWA style. They brought Sean Spears and Tully into a conference room that you've seen before on, on the uh, Road to All Out. Yeah. They had the, the tall blonde guy that we've seen from the Fight for the Fallen videos and the lawyer for AEW and the Jaguars in there to make it official. Mm-hmm. Cody had not arrived yet. Tully was reading the contract, old school style, saying we're going to have to make some changes. And basically, Cody came in last second, signed it, didn't care, and left. But yeah, to me, it seems like so. So nothing really big happened then. No. So and not, it was, and so they just, you know, MJF talking about he doesn't like Sean Spears and he loves Cody. <laughs> Go figure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so basically, but because I figured if it would have been something big, I figured it would have been all over social media. Basically, it wasn't that kind like, of episode. By like eight ten. But the one thing I was surprised, and I know we kind of touched upon this last week a bit, was the triple threat match that was announced between Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen. <clears throat> and more and more, I'm becoming intrigued with that match for one reason. If you look at anybody who made their predictions of what the card was going to look like for All Out, nobody really thought they would have a triple threat with those three guys. You know, after what we saw at Double or Nothing, Fighter Fest, that Double or Nothing and basically Fighter Fest. So to me, you knew already about Moxley and Omega. You knew already about Jericho and Page. You already knew about the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. So this match to me, it, it seems seems intriguing because it seems different, and just in my opinion. So I definitely expect that one to be the hardcore match of the night, uh, the one where the young guys, you know, can steal the show. That it was added to this card. I believe it's the only, it's the sixth match of the card so far. Because uh, the only one that you didn't mention is Best Friends in Dark Order. Yeah, yeah, Best Friends in Dark Order. I forgot about that. So this one, I think, is the last one to be added, or I guess no, no, Cody no, no, and no. Sean Spears was the name. Made official, right? yeah. Because but you still gotta realize, you still gotta have a women's match. They haven't right. really announced any you're, women's matches yet. Plus, you're gonna have shot. Daniels and Kazarian take on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yes, yes, that was made very apparent on the on the last episode. But you also have they haven't announced the women's match yet. Which, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing through tweets and stuff. <clears throat> the feeling is it's going to be probably Britt Baker and Brie uh, Presley, Osprey's wife. That's who people are leading towards it being the women's match. I'm with or, it. Yeah, know, I'm with it. The, the card is looking good so far. 
or Aja Kaiman. Oh, it's going to be amazing. But not as amazing. And as MJF as doesn't have a match yet, so you know he's going to have some match, I think. I he he'll he'll complain enough. I I can see the storyline with him. Also, he gets two weeks before All Out, and he turns around and starts complaining that I'm the best thing in this company, and I don't have a match in the whole nine yards. I just see them playing out like that with him. I see that um, one twist I forgot to mention from the show tonight was Tully complained. I don't remember it all in. Cody had like five guys in his corner. Yeah. Uh, he made the stipulation that Cody's only allowed one person. I think we kind of. So now we're going to be Tully. speculating for till then who's the, the one person in his corner. I, th- I think it's kind of obvious or kind of logical who, who they're going to go with. If they're going off this whole Tully. Dusty thing, you would think it would have to be Dustin. Correct. But MJF's been such a part of the storyline. Yeah. To me, MJF makes much more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Believe me, we can speculate. I agree with Chris. But yeah, MJF would make sense, but would anybody be surprised if it's Dustin playing off the whole Rhodes uh, family name? <laughs> you know, you might see them where they're both yeah. fighting each other for that spot. What, like on the pre-show? Yeah, no, just in the build-up and Cody saying, leave me alone. I, I don't want to deal with this problem. I'm getting ready for my match. I can see that. Yeah, to me. I mean, we've, we've seen the Dustin and Cody feel-good moment at Double Nothing. We saw them team together, so it would have a cool moment in together, but it, it wouldn't have the pop that MJF would have, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, we can speculate for the next year three or four weeks, but obviously we'll know more once it becomes official. <clears throat> but uh, to me, uh, with what I'm seeing right now between the SummerSlam card, TakeOver card, House of Glory card, I said this when we when the summer first began, I still think somehow, some way, all out's going to have the best card out of any of them. And that's even including the Ring of Honor one. That happens next Friday, I think. The Toronto show? Yeah, the Toronto yeah. show. To me, yeah, the summer super card. Yeah. Wow, it must be nice to be in Toronto then. Because you'll have Ring of Honor Friday, TakeOver Saturday, SummerSlam on Sunday. Yeah, they're there for... Yeah. Actually, but there's also the OWE card in in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, see. That a lot of AEW people so, are going to be a part of. So, yeah, so you got a, quite a bit of wrestling going on, you know, up north next week. But, you know, we'll get to that in a bit. But to me, I mean, I could be, I mean, you guys, do you guys agree or disagree on the fact of All Out? Looking on paper, like, to be the best card. You're you're telling, you're asking me? Well, <laughs> I think it's more of a rhetorical question. <laughs> For me, yes. I, I think so, too. <laughs> Why you don't want to see? I, I think the only one that's only, I think the only one that's going to come close would be that NXT Takeover Toronto, uh, and, and there's still a lot in the air with that one. So, right, good point. I think yeah, I think I'll ask the hot show right now. I mean, from buzz, mm-hmm. from ticket sales, from the build up. Well, actually, one thing I am going to be doing probably next couple of weeks is I'm actually going to be buying the fight. Uh, access the fight TV access that they had. If you remember, they had it at a uh, double or nothing. That for forty dollars, I think it is. If you buy it before August nineteenth, 
you get everything from StarCast 1 that they did at All In and StarCast 2 that they did at Double or Nothing. Included. Well, that's pretty cool. I bought that earlier this week. <laughs> and uh, but no, but in all seriousness, it's been nice to catch up on stuff from Vegas, stuff I didn't get to see, stuff I did get to see. It, I, it listen, I, I don't want you know it's hard to plug something that easily, but let me tell you, it's worth it. So I recommend people oh, yeah. by the nineteenth get it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm doing. Believe me. Believe me. I, I want to. There, there's a few uh, stage shows that they're having at Starcast this year. That I'm that you know at Chicago that I'm very curious to see how they do. There's quite a few of them, but so we have you know. That'd be an interesting conversation for another another time. What? Which? Well, the punk ones could how controversial that may or may not be. Well, that's what I'm curious to see, especially with punk. How far they let him go? I can't see Conrad stopping him. I don't think he would. Punk would not do it if he was told you can't do this, this, or that. But I wonder... <clears throat> I wonder the direction they're going to go with him. I guess we can talk about that for a little bit. I'm curious to see where they go with him. And I'm curious to see about the MJF one. And the Moxley one. Yeah, the Moxley. So to me, those are probably the top three that I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. And- I know, like, you know, the Malenko's having one, uh, eh, that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really, you know, get a pop from me, so to speak. You know what, that may surprise you, because this guy was in the WWE system for so long and not allowed to talk. Okay, but what about And those guys, when they get out, I hate to say this word, but into the free world, they tend to have some very interesting stuff to say. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember when Art Anderson had his, I didn't... I didn't see his his uh, panel that he did, but I I read afterwards that it was very interesting when he had his at Double or Nothing. And then I also heard uh, who was it? Joey Janela is actually hosting the after party. Oh, that should be boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're gonna give white blood to everybody. <laughs> And Tone Loke will be co-hosting it with him. Yeah. I'm sorry, the one that they had in Vegas with, uh, you know, SCU, I thought was fine. Well, I thought it was good. But... <clears throat> of course, John, and we saw you on the dance floor. Yes, yes. I was on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, because the problem was you guys were online for like an hour because the line for the for the bar was like going around the room. Yeah, there was one downfall to the, the party. It was the the drink line. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I really, I basically, do we have anything else we want to talk about AEW before we get to the wonderful world of the WWE? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think I've thrown my two cents in for now. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully you can throw more than two cents in because we have actually one other thing I want to get to regarding Impact Wrestling. And I know August, I know this Friday they're having a pay-per-view called Undeniable <coughs> where the main event is Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard 2, where the winner takes on Brian Cage 
I don't know if they announced when he's, that they're going to do that. They may, they may do that at Bound for Glory. In, I think, October. Will the recently signed Tennille Dashwood be on that card? I have, I don't think so, because this stuff was already done beforehand. Okay. The, only thing I could, the only thing I could see happen, possibly, if they don't want to have Tessa go be the one to face off with Brian Cage... I can see Tennille come in and kind of not cause a disqualification, but kind of distract Tessa, almost. She distracts me, but so yeah. <laughs> but kind of, kind of played off. No, but I'll say yes, the, that makes sense. But you could have the storyline played off where you know has have you know where Tessa has turned around and has said, "Look, I've gone through every woman in the, in the knockout division." You could have Tanel turn around and go, yeah, but you didn't go through me yet. Can I can I overthink something for a second, guys? Sure. The name oh, of this yeah. pay-per-view, is this a shot at Cody Rhodes in AEW? From when he made that line at All In, Undeniable. And he has a panel at All In called Undeniable. I mean, excuse me, uh, StarCast. Do you think it's a shot at huh. him, or I'm just overthinking it? I, that, I think that may be overthinking just because you really haven't seen AEW take a shot at Impact Wrestling. And you're not going to. Yeah, I, I don't think it has. I think it's just coincidence. Okay. I mean, because wrestling is always some type of ulterior motive, it seems like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Of course. But, yeah, I, I think. And he did work for them for a little bit, so you never know. You know, I actually forgot that he worked for them. Yeah. I, I, short was, time, but he was, was there. What was that? Like a month he was there? Yeah, he had a short a short run there, I think, in between uh, his indies and ROH. Because to me, I mean, I remember he made his debut at one of the Bound for Glories. And then I don't remember anything else he did. I think so. He did some TV tapings for Impact. Him and Brandy were there. But, but he didn't have, like... He didn't go for any major titles. If memory serves me right, uh, I'd hate. I, I can't answer it because I I might be I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I don't. Remember. It wasn't a long stint there, but he did make an, uh, an appearance there. Yeah. But my question is, did he make an impact? Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the whole t- the whole talk with Tessa and Sammy is what are your guys' thoughts on the whole intergender wrestling? I know we've kind of touched on this the last couple of weeks, but I kind of want to go into it a little bit more. I'm absolutely fine with it. If it's done right, I know if everyone stays safe, good, let's do it. And, and look at her. Look at how she's built, Tessa. She's not exactly a, a little woman that you worry even more about taking a bump from a big, strong guy. She's as strong as a lot of men in wrestling. I don't yeah, think can, twice about it. Do the match. But can you really see the possibility of her versus Brian Cage? Why not? Tessa's, what is that? That is on, you said that is this Friday. Yeah, well, That's correct. Friday. Yeah. And so then the next day, Tessa's down in Mexico for Triple Mania, the Triple A Big event of the year because she has like a seven 
seven-woman tables, ladders, and chair match for the AAA Women's Championship. Taya Valkyrie, Tessa, she's, uh, and then a bunch of other Mexican girls there, Lady Shani, La Hydra. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be busy a busy weekend for her. <laughs> wow. Cruz, we totally and, – and, John, we forgot about Triple Mania this weekend. Yeah, I know. We That's for, on Saturday. Talk about every- That's probably the <laughs> big one. Screw the WWE. <laughs> let's get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the big match? Right, so, the, so the big one is going to be uh, Boo Demon Jr., mask versus Ray Wagner, hair. But the elite are represented there, man. Uh, Psycho Clown, Cody Rhodes, and Kane Velasquez from the UFC. He's going to make his uh, wrestling debut in this match uh, versus the Mercenaries, Tejano Jr. and Taurus, and someone else we don't know yet. But Cody's going to be in that one there. Uh, Laredo Kid and the Lucha Bros versus the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's probably going to be the main event. I'm I'm willing to bet that's going to be the main event because they're publicizing it a lot. It's advertised all over Spanish TV with with their pictures on it. For sure. They're doing the rematch from Fighter Fest. And actually, as I'm looking around here, I'm looking at a four-way tag match for a mixed tag team championship, and Sammy Guevara and Scarlett Bordeaux are going to be in a four, I guess, a four corners or four tag team match. So yeah, I didn't know they were, they're gonna be wrestling. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't so know they were tag team. <laughs> they are down there. <laughs> Actually, funny. Really David, yeah. David would have been hiring, you know, cross there. So I want to say that this is, I, I, it's definitely gonna be free on on, on television. But I want to say that traditionally, I know last year, a lot of it was free on Facebook. I will check. I will check with you guys and and let you know how you can find it. Cause Please. I want to say that the I'm pretty sure that the either the English or the Spanish version one one of the two is going to be on Facebook. So I'll, watch out. I'll post that here in the next few days. Thank you. Well, I'm I'll be on the lookout for it. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thank you as well. Hoping it's the English version because I don't think I could be able to follow the Spanish version. As long as you can see, you'll be fine. <laughs> but I tell you, yeah. Cain Velasquez could be in the main event because I saw a picture of him the other day arriving in Mexico for this show. And there must have been 500 people waiting for him there. Wow. Yes, I mean, he is a yes. huge deal being there. Okay, but now, Cruz, let me ask you this one. What's, I know they're having a show at the Garden in September. Is that is that mm-hmm. also, like, like, how is that show different than... The AAA media one. It's just a regular show then, I'm assuming? So it's it's their first pay-per-view in Ma- Madison Square Garden because, remember, a certain company had everything on lockdown there. So <laughs> yes. after Ring of, Ring of Honor New Japan booked theirs, from what I understand, MSG opened the doors for AAA to come up there and, and get everything because there's, there's a lot of Hispanics in that tri-state area. Oh, so yeah. that bitch, that bitch sold out. I mean, everything is moving forward with this. Uh, Got to still look at. Give me a second here, because I want to say it's called Invading New York. Uh, yeah, I don't see any any matches 
advertise for it yet because we don't know who are going to be the champions. So basically, after Triple Mania is when those matches are going to get announced. Yeah. Okay. I would see okay. I would see this as as since it's East Coast, they have done stuff in Los Angeles and down in Texas before. Since this is their first like big East Coast thing, I would see this more like kind of like when New Japan started their first few shows in the states. Okay. Trying to get their trying to <clears throat> obviously you know they, they don't have to test the U.S. market. Um, as you said, they've done shows in Los Angeles and Texas, but this is not this, this is when you look at wrestling cities. Los Angeles and Texas do not come on the same level as in New York. It's that's that's all relative because I think Los Angeles and rivals New York. Uh, Dallas, remember San Antonio, Austin, Houston probably has about the same population. I, I could just speak from a New Yorker's point of view with what I grew up watching WWF and CMLL AAA. One one wrestling promotion on actually two wrestling promotions on English speaking channels and two in Spanish speaking channels. So, and my story is not very unique. That was pretty much in every household that I knew of for, for Spanish people. So there's a lot of folks over there who would be interested. And since wrestling is blowing up so much, and now you add a working relationship with other companies, hey, there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the rest of the card for triple for triple A. Mania, so we can just go. Oh, wait a second, hold on. For triple mania. I, I just, yeah, for the one, you know, just to go over it quickly, because we try to talk about, you know, all wrestling on the show. Uh, yeah, so they'll, they'll have a pre, they'll have a pre-show battle royal, and it's you know Mexican battle royals means flipping all over the place until you, you get <laughs> physically thrown over a rope. You, you throw yourself over a rope, hit the ground, that's that's fine. Uh, but they're going to fill that up with a lot of their mid-carters and lower-carters and, and guys who are up and coming. You immediately go into the, the, the Triple Mania Cup, which is, I don't know, kind of like a ring of the King of the Rings sort of thing. And in there, they threw La Parca, they threw Aerostar, Drago, uh, Monster Clown, he's from that tag team, and a bunch of other guys who are just going to they're just going to tear each other up. Then, of course, the third scheduled match is that, that Blue Demon Ray Wagner match, which has been advertised for months and months and months. The fourth match will be the four-way tag team match for the the mixed tag team championship, male and female. That's the one that I told you Sammy Guevara and Scarlett Bordeaux will, will team yeah. up. So, Villano Jr., Lady Maravilla, the Australian suicide. He he's an interesting character who I don't see him staying in Mexico a lot because, longer because he's an up and coming star. Uh, the fifth match, three way, uh, three O's match. So a trio is just like it's like it is in English, just a three person tag team. A, a lot of names there from Mexico, but this is kind of like a mid Carter's extravaganza right here. And then you start going into the big stuff, the seven women's table ladders and chair match. I, 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 I'm one of the people who question why was the TLC match given to the women? Because <laughs> they're going to tear it up. And then you have the, the two 3 matches with 
Psycho Clown, Cody, Cain Velasquez, and a, and a bunch of, uh, you know, in Me- the heels are called Rudos down in, uh, in in Mexico. So the mercenaries versus and whoever they add in that one. The main event, as I'm seeing it here, is the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid versus the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So eight matches. Seven on the main card, one on the pre-show. I'm, I'm pretty sure last year on Facebook we saw the entire thing. And, you know, I, I remember talking with many friends in, in, my, in my group there, getting them to come on, like, check these, check these matches out. So I'm definitely going to be – I'm, I'm going to do my work and definitely advertise this. I know I've only got a few, di- few days to do it, but I'll find out. You know, it's interesting. Um, all the years he's been wrestling, this is Kenny Omega's first time ever wrestling in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, yeah. those little facts to me I always find interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting the response he gets there. Oh, you, you know they're going to they're gonna cheer for it. Well, I don't know because on, cause Lucha Brothers down there are, like, are almost are close gods. to like God. Yeah. Yeah. That's and Laredo Kid's me, popular. Yeah, so to they're going to be the the booed ones. I mean, for sure. Oh, oh they're they're going to heat. They're going to they're going to be the ones who are booed out of the building. <laughs> but loved at the same time. Yeah, it, it's yeah. almost. It'll similar. be Rocky Four all over again after the match. I can tell you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's going to be similar to I'm trying to think of a way to even compare it to. That would make sense. Um, I guess you can say it would Ed, Edge similar. versus John Cena in SummerSlam in Toronto. Yes. Edge was the heel and didn't matter. Oh, no, no, no. You can even go a step further. Go a step further than that. What about RVD versus Cena at the ECW One Night Stand back in 05? Sure. At the Hammerstein, right? Yeah, yeah. where Cena was babyface. <laughs> RVD was was the heel, so to speak, and Cena got booed out of the building. Because remember, there was the infamous sign that said, "If Cena wins, we we riot." Yeah. But yeah, no, you believe me. I think realistically, I see the the one the rematch from Fighter Fest being the one that's the main event. Uh, but I can also oh, yeah. this, if you want if you want to also talk about like a sub main event. I could see it being the hair versus mask match, just because that match has been televised for a long time. And I was also looking; they have two shows afterwards. I know they have <clears throat> they have um, invading New York in September, and then they have invading LA in October. So they'll be two yeah, that's right. So they'll be. Yeah, I think New Japan is really laying the blueprint for breaking ground in America. Yeah, just hopefully they don't get the same reaction that they did in Dallas. Always got to take a pot shot, John, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) You're the heel of this show, John. I'll take that. (laughs) I'll take that. I don't care. It's been who I am for the last 10 years doing this stuff, so... There you go. So, that's who I am. 
But <clears throat> let's talk about that lovely, lovely company. Actually, before we get that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they got before a big weekend that. coming up. <laughs> yeah, big weekend is for up. But before we even get into that, because I actually saw a SmackDown. This is actually one of the first weeks I saw both Raw and SmackDown this week. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't know if you guys saw both shows, but good God almighty. There's a few things I just want to touch upon. Just a few slight things. Um, for starters, you're a week away from SummerSlam. Why, oh why, do you start off your your flagship show for the 24-7 title? With the, with the mosh pit mixed gender tag team match they had? With, you know, uh, Truth and Carmella against Maverick and, as they said, his wife. They didn't give her her name. <laughs> it's Renee Imagine. Michelle, for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah. she was in the Mae Young Classic, actually. Yeah. She, she's yeah. a decent wrestler from what I've seen. I've seen I, I her just, live. I don't understand the point of this, though. Why are they putting so much emphasis on a belt that's basically a joke? If done um, right, anything can, can come over well. But Yeah, and I think it's well-received, too, from from what I see online. Everyone was shit on it at first and then sort of loves it now for the comedy angle and, ha-ha, okay, yeah, you know. I mean, I had so many people come to me and smack that and say, see, aren't you, weren't you wrong about the 24-7 title? And I had to do a double take. Like, people were defending it as if I was, like, crazy. All I know is this. I, it was, I still it was stand me. behind what I say. Oh, I stand behind everything I say. If it was me, I would keep the 24-7 title belt to strictly social media and YouTube. And that's where I would leave it. But remember, you got three hours of Raw. I mean, you got to put it in somewhere. Yeah, but you also have other superstars that you can use who haven't been on TV and not use that. Agreed. I mean, crap. Where where the hell they OP these days? They took a picture with Finn Balor tonight on Instagram. Nice. And Finn said, "My two best friends," and he put hashtag Balor Club. Oh no! <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> no, I, I have a theory on what they're going to do with Balor after SummerSlam. Is he's going to leave? Come back probably around Survivor Series and join the OC. Uh, did you just set up him a, a match with him and Styles at Mania? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking they're headed towards. Actually, like, yeah, I can't else, see it working together, them, those two. Because think about it. Why else would you have them all sort of be renamed as the OC? The original club, because unless I'm, I've had like you know a mild stroke and also less memory here, wouldn't that be? Isn't that technically called the original club? Is that basically what they're trying to, to play it off of? Yes, they're they're playing off the original club from them and WWE three years ago. Okay, but my question is this though: It wasn't Finn Balor part of the original club when they were in New Japan? He started the original club. 
okay, would it make sense from a logical standpoint to have him join Styles, Gallows, and Anderson? No. Because AJ is a leader, correct? Yeah, but... Are you going to put Finn in a secondary role to AJ Styles? I... I don't really know what... I didn't think about that far. That's what I'm here for, Joe. Thanks. I appreciate it. (laughs) Anytime. Love you, man. (laughs) I just... To me... I just didn't understand. And then... The one part I did like with Raw was the Maria and Mike stuff. Because is it me or is it stupid? It's stupid, but somebody made a great point today. It's given them a push in an odd kind of way. Because think about it. To their credit, they're actually carrying the storyline out through social media, too. Yeah, but the thing is, think about it. it. They... Hadn't been seen on TV for a long time. <clears throat> they re-sign. They get re-signed for the five-year deal, which I still don't understand why. And then also they're on TV now every week. Maria now is your first ever pregnant woman who's held a championship, as she said <sighs> about nine thousand times on Monday. But the line <laughs> of the night, the line of the night, was when Maria turned around to Mike. Ed said, if you don't open up this door, I'm going to kick you in your vagina. They're really pushing the envelope there. Well, think about it. Who's, who's in charge of creative? Paul Heyman. Exactly. You would never but there's people that. he has to answer to. <laughs> yeah. I, Sponsors. But I wanted, <laughs> yeah, but I think the thing is, though, I because if you remember, though, that didn't happen until close to the end of hour number two, start of hour number three. Right. Yeah, I, I get you. So right. that's why I think, you know, they're, they're going a little bit different. But that right now is probably, the, but now my question is this, though. Who's the one who's going to take the belt of Korea? Oh, God. Probably Arthur, Arthur in some way. <laughs> Some comical way. <laughs> <laughs> pretend, pretend he's a doctor and then like, you know, Carmela oh, pretending the she's the nurse. He's a stethoscope as a way to pin her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought the best. I, the best I mean, it will be so dumb we can plan it now for them. I mean, we've talked too much about that dumb title. Okay, but then I have this one. What was the deal with Maria and Braun Strowman? That was that interesting, also, actually. That all, What is it going to be now? Are they going to also reveal that Strowman is really the father and not Mike? Oh. I don't think they're going to go <laughs> with that angle at all. <laughs> I think it was just something fun to get Strowman on TV and give him some FaceTime because he is popular. And then, well, I guess the other part with that is he, he apparently likes to grunt a lot. This is just I got from that segment. But the two things I want to talk about regarding SmackDown, and then we'll, you know, try to jump back and forth. Who was the one who attacked Roman Reigns in probably one of the worst shot angles ever? That was horrible. That was like <laughs> somebody turned around 
and said Kayla Braxton should get an Oscar for how for how well she performed her lines. It, it didn't make sense. It ended. It was a it was a bad old Nitro ending. Well, somebody one of the guys <laughs> made a great point. They said you're a week away from your biggest event of the summer. And you want to now play the mystery attacker angle? <laughs> I have a theory who I think it is. And, well, Samoa Joe? Like how no, well, people were saying that it was Rikishi. Because, you know, they did it for The Rock. Um, oh. No. No, no, no. The theory a lot of people have is that it's Buddy Murphy. Really? Because supposedly, and I haven't seen it, I'll try to watch it back, you know, before next week. <clears throat> supposedly there's a, the clip towards the end of the clip where you see a guy standing there who looks like it's Buddy Murphy, who's wearing the shirt, that the back of the shirt, it's the black shirt with the gray on the sleeves that has, you know, Buddy Murphy on it. And they think that it's his way of trying to get on TV, finally. That's interesting. But I've, but I've also heard people who think it may be Daniel Bryan. That's who I think it is. I don't think That's so. That's who I'm suspecting. But then what would be the storyline, though? Uh, his return to the main event status? <laughs> His eventual comeback up to the WWE Championship. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's WWE. They will screw it up. But yeah, exactly. The go home show is Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what kind of build up can you have? None. As you just pointed out earlier. But that's why Buddy Murphy to me makes more sense. Because Buddy Murphy, yeah, you don't have enough time to build the story up, but you have some sort of a story there. Because you can have Buddy Murphy turn around to Roman and go, look, I haven't been on TV, or like, not play it off the ship, you can somehow play it off, that it's like, look, I haven't been on TV since I got called up. I was getting sick and tired of waiting back while everybody else was getting opportunities. This is my way to get my opportunities. Yeah, the same thing for Apollo Cruzan. Well, well, okay, that's another thing. You're a week away from your biggest event. You haven't announced yet your Raw Tag Team title match, your SmackDown Tag Team title match, or your IC title match yet. John, we're with you on there nonsense. <laughs> to me, so the, I mean, yeah, though, I expect all of those to be announced within the next week, or certainly by next week's uh, ending of NXT, and that's traditional WWE. But now this SummerSlam pay-per-view was, <laughs> was going to be like 15 matches long. They should start it tomorrow. They'll be done with it oh, within God. like a month. They, they, always, they, always <laughs> put on, they always put on an ungodly amount of matches that people sit there they're like, oh, is this, is this thing over yet? I got nine matches right now on my contest page for SummerSlam alone. So they had those three. <laughs> and we'll find out the rest by the pre-show, but... Oh, wait, you also have the Cruiserweights. And the 24-7 yeah. title? So 
So yeah, figure you have another five matches you gotta add. Figure probably if they add, just from what I'm thinking, they're probably gonna have the IC belt open the pre-show, have the 24/7 belt open the main show, and kind of and kind of have one of the tag teams on the pre-show and the other one on the main show. And you gotta have an Alexa Bliss match. You have to have. Oh, a- of course you do. Of course you do. Even though the damn girls Lacey aren't even. Here's what pisses me off: Alexa Bliss is not even in the damn title match. So why does she have to be on both Raw and SmackDown this past week? To me, I I I, I don't get this company. So on Monday. I thought that they did the U.S. Uh, number one contender gauntlet pretty good. I thought that was entertaining from start to finish. What were your thoughts? Jeremy, you go first on this because I have some stuff to Can say you repeat the questions? So on Monday, they had a okay. uh, United States Championship number one contenders gauntlet match with five yeah. guys there went at it. Ricochet won. I, I thought the Match the whole match was good start to finish with one slight with what happened with Ray Mysterio, but what were your? It, uh, well, I agree with you. The, the U.S. title program has really carried <coughs> Raw lately with the best matches, but it was one of the best Raws we've had in a while. It's once again it's going to be Styles Ricochet. How much time do they get at SummerSlam? Is the question. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree that it was a good match. I will definitely say it's a good match. I just have one slight issue with the booking of it. Now, in case people don't remember, it was Rey Mysterio and Cesaro that started it on, correct? The memory serves you right? Yes. And then it was it was Rey, Cesaro, Sami Zayn. Andrade, and then Ricochet. Okay. Yes. Ricochet, I, when they announced it, I pretty much, I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to lead to Ricochet again. Because he was, he's been the one who's been feuding with Styles <coughs> all summer. Now, the other people. Cesaro. The guy has not been in this company as of recent. He was in the Battle Royal when Raw was up at Bow Long Island last week. And he, this week, he was in the gauntlet match for the U.S. title. Where the hell is Aleister Black? He's looking for a fight. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He went back to his room again. <laughs> but to me, Cesaro should not have been in that match because to me, he, has, he hasn't done enough. And not to shit on Sami Zayn, but to me, he should have been in the match either. To me, you need to get wins under your belt to at least make a case for being in the number one contenders match. It shouldn't be, oh, you're one of the you're one of the bottom people in this in this company. You you lose every week. Oh, we'll give you an opportunity for this belt. It may. But hasn't that been our issue with WWE and? Pretty much every instance for the last God knows how many years. Yeah, but to me, you could have at least done 
You could have at least had Aleister Black. You could have had Apollo Crews. Guys who at least have been winning lately. Andrade and Ricochet and Ray, I'm okay with. Well, not so much with Ray, because to me, Ray Mysterio lost last week to Bobby Lashley in 60 seconds. So I guess now the way WWE works is, okay, you lose, so we'll give you a title opportunity. To me, it just doesn't make any logical sense. But again... They've been that way since like 2007. <laughs> I mean, I would have to go back to like 04, 05, those years, the last time that I saw a legitimate like um, ranking system where a number one contender, you know, would always beat up like a number 10 or something like that. Correct. And route to a pay per view, and then those storylines were then carried Triple on. Buries you. And then eventually Triple H destroys you, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you, your, your name your name got built up along the way. Unless you, <laughs> uh, but it's been that way with the WWE for a long time. The Miz beats you one week. Next thing you know, you're fighting him on the next pay per view for his title. Right. How does that make sense? Finn Balor and Baron Corbin are wrestling for a month straight. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, but, Cruz, you got to remember, I only came back to watching wrestling in 2015. Or mm-hmm. so, yeah, 2015. 2014, actually. Late 2014, early 2015. So, to me, I'm going far back as 2014. So, when all of a sudden you guys are talking about, like, you know, 04 or 05. You gotta remember, I didn't watch it back then. I, I felt okay. I was too cool for wrestling. Okay, cool. But the other thing I want to get to is the women's match that they announced on Tuesday for SummerSlam that will see Trish Stratus, Hager, and Charlotte Flair. Now. Mm-hmm. I know they're doing this because it's an attraction match, but let's be honest. How does this help Charlotte? I mean, not saying that Charlotte needs help at all, because she's probably one of the top women wrestlers in the WWE. How I would take out the women's part. I would say, honestly, John, not to cut you off, I would take out the women's part there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you would say she is one of the best wrestlers, period, in WWE. Okay, yeah. then explain to me a loss to Trish Stratus would help her how? Who said she's losing? You really think they're going to you really think they're going to bring Trish back for one match to lose to to Charlotte in her hometown? It's possible. Trish is old school. I mean, Trish has nothing to gain by a victory. I don't know. To me, once I heard that they announced this, I'm like, this is going to be Trish winning, because then the problem is... If Trish wins, I can see a, a second match happening. Okay. Or a Cena Ruck. I think that'll Survivor dictate Series? a lot. What's that? Where, at Survivor Series? At some point. Maybe Royal Rumble. You never know. Well, my my thing is this, though, because both of the women title, both of, there's three women matches that are happening at Ferguson. 
You got Becky mm-hmm. taking on Natty. You have no. You have Becky in a submission match. Well, was it official that it was made a submission match? I believe so. Okay, because last I heard they were kind of teetering on that, but okay. okay. <clears throat> Bailey's taking on Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Belt, and obviously Charlotte's taking on Trish. Two out of three of them are people from Canada. So to me, unless they're going to give Natty the win to have her get the women's title, it would almost lead me to think that Trish is getting the win at SummerSlam. I mean, Charlotte's one of the standing bears there. I don't see her losing. But then, if you go off that, then, then it would mean that, that, Natty's, that Natalia's going to win the Royal Women's Belt. Because you know damn well, one of those matches, they're going to have the Canadian win. Right, but Natty's not a Toronto native. She's Canadian, but, but she's, she's still, not. But she's still She's Canadian. from Calgary. I, I get that, but it's still the whole... Canadian and, and I don't think Vince really puts too much thought into the hometown booking thing. Or Sasha Banks would have no. won Hell in a Cell in Boston. All I know is that they're going to have a big problem on their hands if they don't have one of them win. Because they're going to have the entire Toronto crowd booing you. It's a reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately... That's what you want. Yeah, but I don't think WWE wants a negative reaction at this point. Uh, my my bigger issue with this is that uh, Trish doesn't need to be in SummerSlam 2019. She, you could have given her uh, some sort of speaking role. She could have been the host of the thing. Uh, that would have been more than fine for her. Why can't they give this to someone who needs it, who needs a match with Rick, with Charlotte Flair? Number two, if you're going to give Trish Stratus a match, you you guys might have seen what I posted uh, borrowing from Liv Morgan. Alexa Bliss was supposed to have this match at WrestleMania and couldn't because of a concussion. Well, the girl's fine to wrestle now. Why wasn't this given to her? Why does it always have to default to Charlotte? And And to me, I'll just leave it there because this is going to be kind of like a... Uh, from what I'm seeing online, it's it's a very controversial match, and there's a lot of <laughs> crap talking between Attitude Era fans versus today's fans. So they they got us. They got us talking. We're interested. I think out of the nine matches, I, I'm honestly going to say that this is in the top half in, as far as interest. Without a doubt. <coughs> yeah, it definitely has interest. Yeah, because in there's some remit. Of all the three women's matches, that's the marquee one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because it's the one 100%. that if if you're not if you haven't watched wrestling in a couple of years, that's the one where you're gonna look at it and go, "Wow, Trish! I remember watching her wrestle back at you know in the Attitude Era." And you also remember if you're a new member, the network is free. Yes. So who's yeah. up to see you're going to get somebody who's going to turn around and be like, oh, wow, Trish is wrestling. Oh, wait, that's Charlotte Flair. That's Ric Flair's daughter. Oh, I'm interested in this match. And all of a sudden, boom, they sign up for the network. And then after the after the event, go, okay, I'm going to cancel it now. 
No, and Trish is going to be golden for them probably the week of the event doing media in Toronto. Oh, yeah. To yeah. build the yeah. event. Yeah. I can see her on ESPN with Charlotte that week. It's oh, going to be, honestly, I think Cruz hit the nail on the head. That's probably going to be the most marquee match, really, at the end of the day. Because that's the match that they're trying to attract the casual fan. They're trying to attract yeah, the and fan. They're, they're trying to attract the fan who hasn't watched the product in a couple of years. Yeah. But, no, I mean, SummerSlam on paper looks like it's going to be a decent card. Not on the same level as All Out. But it depends on how they book certain matches. <clears throat> like, like the Kofi, Kofi Kingston stuff, or what? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like I think Kofi and Randy's gonna be a good match because the one thing they've done very well with that is they've tied in their feud from ten years ago. Amazing, Vince. Yeah, that that's the one positive. Like the other thing I'm also curious to see is when Wyatt takes on Balor. Obviously, he won't be Bray Wyatt. He'll be the Fiend. What I'm curious is, do we get even Balor or do we get regular Balor? I think regular. Unless then, unless they do it where he suffers his first loss as the Demon, and that's why he has to go fade away for two months. But, you would, but then you would have the first loss... For Finn as the demon come from the fiend? Wow. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say that Bray Wyatt has been one of the best things in the last quarter uh, on their show. And if you're going to sacrifice Demon Balor for anyone, who needs to push? Yeah. Make so that's why I yeah, but that's why I don't think they're gonna do it. That's why I think it's just gonna be regular Balor, uh, motorcycle leather jacket club <laughs> Balor. Yeah. Well, we, we we have about less than fifteen minutes left, and the other big thing I wanted to get to, I'll try to hold this off till as much as the end of the show as I can. Was the match or sort of match? Well, not the match. The aftermath of the match when Brock Lesnar went completely nuts on Seth Rollins. He, I, I figured you guys both saw that part, when he went completely nuts. Yes. yes. My question is this. Where the hell was Becky Lynch? They showed her in the back. Staying, staying away from Brock? What's she going to do to him? Which... No, 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 Get her no, no. neck broken? Saying, I'm not saying, you know, to fight Brock, but I'm just saying it would have made a little more sense to, you know, have her stand next to her boyfriend while he's getting loaded. It hurts his credibility if she's coming out Wait. to try to fight his battle against Brock. How uh, is he going to slay the beast if, if, she, if his girlfriend's coming out to fight him? Now, yeah, if he had suplex City her, that would have been awesome, but... Okay, we we know that's not going to happen. They're not going to, you know, <laughs> have them thrown up like that. But to me, it would have made a little more sense to have, not even for credibility-wise, just for the fact that it's her boyfriend. 
if it was my decision, I, I would stop that right now. I, I would that Thank would be you. private. I am sorry, that shit is cringe. I don't like it. I think it hurts both of them to be quite honest. Well, she's not the man the... anymore when she does that. No, she's the man who was holding his balls. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm honest that that man's man T-shirt really hurt this guy. You know, I don't. I'll move past the Twitter shit because that's in the past. That man's man's T-shirt made him a joke, and I don't know how anyone would see him beating Brock now. No way. I, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't. They're know. gonna set up. No, because they're gonna set up a third match. They've got some history there, Jeremy, and and I could see that. I I just for some reason in my mind I, I always see the bigger WrestleMania match, Seth and Roman Reigns going after each other for some sort of belt. So we'll I like I, I said, Cruz. Like I said to you last week, I don't think they would do that because I don't think they're planning or not planning. I don't think they would even think right now about switch about having Reigns turn heel. I think best case scenario. <laughs> Seth might have to go heel at this point, the way people are not liking him. That's what yeah, I'm thinking. I, that's, he did not have a good run as champ. He can say whatever he wants. Honestly, he's been a disappointment, and and I think he's very talented. Yeah, he would be tearing it up everywhere, and uh, I want to see him successful. But as a face, especially now. Really? <laughs> I, I'm for the fans, you know, for for a fan. Okay. There's a lot. Uh, him going against Roman Reigns main eventing WrestleMania, I, I would see that as a huge match of two of the best in that company over the last few years. Who, who that that what was it that cash in? That that wasn't enough. It should just be them. Are you talking about the Money in the Bank the, match? Yeah, when uh, the, the WrestleMania oh, yeah, main event, Lesnar Reigns, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about WrestleMania 31. Correct. So that's not enough. It needs to be a one-on-one match. Those two going at it as the top two in a WrestleMania scenario. But it's got to start somewhere. God damn it, it has to start somewhere. And Seth Rollins has to face. I just this whole burning down. I ain't buying. <laughs> there we go. Chris. Yeah, but, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. There's the cruise. Um. Brock Lesnar went too far or not? No, it was great. No, what was great was, and Billy Ray said this on Twitter was, Paul Heyman begging him to stop. It was so great for the both of them. Well, yeah, that, that's. That's it added that's it real. added sympathy for Seth, which was needed at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it made Seth more of a baby face than anything. Right. But no, that was I, a great I old school move. I can't see there any and Cruz, you touched on it before. Seeing what we saw on Monday, how is there any way that they're gonna drop they're not gonna have Brock come back win the money in the bank briefcase for working all of about eight seconds. To have him drop the belt two months later. 
Oh, um, yeah, perhaps. Or, or there's also this rumbling about dropping Seth Rollins from the match completely. Speculation oh, that way. Uh, and put in Hulu. Uh, who just got done with a Hollywood movie? Roman. So what? Do we have Roman drop five now? Not Roman. Roman's cousin. Oh, no. Wow. No. No, No, he's not showing up at SummerSlam. (laughs) If you call that correct, Cruz, I will ask you to give me lottery numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Vegas and pick some, some numbers. (laughs) <laughs> the only spot I could see if they do pull Seth from the match is I could see it. But here's the problem, though. They pull Seth from the match. I'm being serious here for a second. Who the hell would they then put in then? John if Cena. it's not Roman? If it's not Roman or, you know, The Rock. I, yeah, I think Cruz just hit one with, with Cena. Yeah, it would be. It would be Vince saying I need a favor. <laughs> Our ratings are down, and you're John Cena. And what would you, okay? Then would you have Cena be the one to take the belt off of Brock? Yes, payback from yeah. five, four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. By the way, we are going to be going over tonight, but not because we are talking to him because of the whole screw from earlier. So I'm just letting you guys know in advance. Yes, sir. Okay, but no, I, there, I was trying. I was gonna say maybe McIntyre being the one, but it, you couldn't do two heels in a match like that. Even though I want McIntyre to be the one to take the belt off of him, you can't do it right now because he he's too intertwined with uh, you know Shane and him being the best in the world. Well, let me ask you a question, because you, you guys really got me thinking on this, especially you, Cruz. That was great stuff you brought up. Is Brock going to be in the main event for sure? Has Yes. Is he crazy? I believe so. Yeah. Why can't you have Kevin Owens, assuming he beats Shane McMahon, come out and challenge him in Canada, a Canadian, and taking the belt off Lesnar? Wow. Wow. Like, I, hmm. That would Could make you them erupt. the pop that would get? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would definitely switch <laughs> my opinion. I'm all in. <laughs> I, well, I would definitely go for Kevin Owens. <laughs> if you're listening and you take that, just give us credit, please. That's all I ask. Yeah. <laughs> Even though... Even though we may shit on you guys, just if you go that route, just at least give us the credit for it. Yeah, yeah, give us some credit, some tickets to a show. <laughs> that would be interesting. I can just tell you the only reason they wouldn't do it, though. They get a WWE. <clears throat> and there's one reason they wouldn't do it. It has too much logic. I mean, in all seriousness, could you imagine he gets by Shane, comes out limping, and says, 
I'm going to wrestle you. Like Brock and Paul come out and say, well, I guess there's no one to wrestle us. His music hits in Canada. Like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Well, I'll even go a step further. And he's from Montreal. It's not that far from Toronto. No, I'll even go a step further. If you really want to make a star, what about Matt Riddle? Not in the main event, the close show. That'll get bad publicity. But they've always said they wanted, he's always said he wanted to be the one to retire Brock. Yeah, you're right. Hey, you want to make a superstar? There you go. So you're saying put the belt on him right away? Why not? <laughs> it, it, would it would certainly different. be controversial and different, but for wow. sure. They would, get, they would get eyes on the company. Now, last thing I do want to bring up before we wrap it up for tonight <coughs> is the tag team triple threat match, which saw the OC take on the Revival. I still can't get over that name. <laughs> Take on Team DUI. Ooh. Hey, I was going hey, The Usos. Hey. The Usos. That was a good match. I, I, I was, oh, was it? That was a good match. The tag team division is really stepping up in WWE lately. Yeah. Yeah, but you could have easily. You, you could also add a fourth team to that. To what you have right now on Raw. With the Usos, the Revival, and the OC, you can add a fourth team to that right now, and it make perfect sense. I want you guys Raiders. to see exact bingo. Yeah. This crap that they're doing with them facing, you know, the enhancement talent, to me, is, is idiotic. There's no reason why Eric and Ivar cannot be in the title picture at this point. When they were in Japan and they were War Machine, they were one of the most dominant tag teams in all of New Japan. Yeah, and ROH. And so to me, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense why you can't why you can't have this now. With them, why you have to keep building them up, building them up, and yes, I think they lost a lot of credibility when they went through the three weeks of name changes. But to me. They're a credible enough team that they should be in the title picture. But overall, I mean, yeah, there were some issues I did have with Raw and SmackDown. <clears throat> but overall, I mean, I thought it was it was a decent show. It was definitely a nice change of pace to actually see actual wrestling on both shows. And next week's going to be very telling the direction that SummerSlam goes. And that way they go post SummerSlam. I think next week's gonna really be is gonna really be telling. But Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up the show for tonight? Uh Ricky Martinez, if you're listening, can't thank you enough for coming on. You were fantastic. And guys, I just want to thank you once again for having me as a co host on the show. I have had such a great time with you two talking wrestling. Uh believe me, it's been thank it's you. been our pleasure. It's been our thank pleasure. You. Cruz, what about you? So I just thought it was an excellent week for wrestling. I had most of the, from Thursday off till today, and I caught up with New Japan. I caught up with WWE. I caught up with a lot of stuff going on up there. I think everyone is stepping up. 
the AEW effect is a real thing. Uh, NXT is one that we have to talk about next week because they have stepped up big time. Big, big, big. Uh, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And thank yeah. you, Jeremy, for uh, joining us. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Um, yes, obviously, Ricky, if you're listening, it was a blast having you on. Hopefully we can have you on again down the road. Jeremy, as always, thank you again for joining us, as always. Um, guys, be prepared. Next week, we're going to be previewing four major events next week. Because literally, we have our show next Wednesday. Thursday, you have House of Glory. Friday, you have Ring of Honor. Saturday, you have TakeOver. Sunday, you have SummerSlam. And then Monday, you have the finals of the G1 Climax. And we got to recap Lutzomania. And Undeniable. (laughs) So we have a lot to get to next week. So there will not be, I'm saying this right now, there will not be any technical issues on my end. I do not want to go to Comeback Wrestling HR. It's waiting. But, yes. (laughs) But, yes, next week we will have your recap from Undeniable from Triple Mania. We will have your previews for House of Glory, for SummerSlam, for TakeOver Toronto, and for the G1 Climax Finals. So hopefully we can figure out, we'll have to talk about it in the next couple of days, how we want to do it, because that's going to be a lot to get to. But It's a good problem. It's a problem I'm willing well, to Well, each of... Yeah, yeah. I think we can do it. We we got it. I have, I don't have I don't have any issues at all. But it's time to go uh, again. If you want to follow us, there's now a plethora of ways you can get in contact with us. We are on Facebook right now at um, Comeback Wrestling Show. Instagram is at Comeback Wrestling Show. Twitter same one. You can search for all of us on Facebook. And have a good night, guys. In the words of Billy Joel, last said of hellos and goodbyes, unfortunately it is time to say goodbye. We'll catch you guys next week, same time, same channel. <laughs>